presenting to you the interactive space for critical and objective open thinking with Martian UFO produced by Martian UFO Media the best podcast on air with your hearty host catch episodes weekly on Apple and Spotify podcasts Everybody. I'm Martian UFO and welcome to Floating in Space. It is Wednesday, October the 14th, 9.24 a.m. I'm currently at work. I'm floating. And uh, yeah, it snowed today. Um, if you didn't notice, and uh, we're halfway through October, and I think um, it's uh foreshadowing for what the coming months are going to be like in terms of the weather and whatnot so uh, I think this is uh, especially a time for people to remember to stay up keep your head up take care of yourselves um, take care of your mental health make sure you're centered in certain things and um, yeah you know the seasonal depression the weather when it gets cold when that snow really starts hitting um, life is gonna get uh, life's gonna get a little bit different, tough, difficult, but we gotta keep on moving. Always keep on moving. And um, anyways, I uh, just wanted to speak on a subject today. I wanted to do this for a while, and it's uh, it's an uh, an interesting one because I want to talk about Donald Trump and. Uh, I think uh, anytime you say his name, people either get um, emotional real quick or they want to get into a debate or some are supporters of him or he tends to be somebody that gets people emotionally charged or whatever. And today, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to talk about who he is as a person. I'm not really going to speak on his presidency um, too much. I don't want to talk about his failed businesses or his debt or his um, perceived racism or um, the things that he said about women, although I have them in front of me. And I can say that uh, I, I can never imagine actually hearing somebody like speak some of this shit, you know, out in the open or on national TV or to be thinking that. And, uh, yeah, I just I'm gonna keep keep away from that. Cause the only thing I want to discuss about Trump and uh, um, why he's central to today's episode is his um, second um, election or re-election. I think he's gonna be elected again, of course, and it matters why. It matters why I think he's gonna be re-elected and why he got elected the first time. And speaking about Trump in the uh, end times and how he relates to the end times. I don't know if a lot of people are even aware of what that is or what the end times refers to. And I'm not really a, a religious person per se. I don't read the Bible that much as I should. 
since, you know, I was raised Catholic or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the end times was supposed to be, uh, from what I understand, a seven-year war between good and evil and Trump uh, becoming president was supposed to be starting that time. And I have, I have information in front of me, so I don't sound like a, a dumbass just trying to speak. But he's a central player in this uh, this prophecy. And um, certain things are supposed to happen. He's supposed to have done certain things. And COVID-19 and coronavirus are all supposed to be tied into this. And, um, you know, this is in no way my opinion, even though after, like, looking into the information, um, I'm kind of convinced. I mean, some of the signs and some of the stuff that I'll talk about and what I'll read to people is uh, is very interesting to whoever might think so or not. Um, so just to start, who is Donald Trump? Donald John Trump was born June 14th, 1946. He's the current and 45th president of the United States. And before entering politics, he was a businessman and television personality, mainly on The Apprentice. Um, I can't remember, I can't remember, sorry, from which years. And um, he had a lot of failed businesses, a lot of bankruptcies, from what I know. I'm not going to go into detail because it's too much information. But what I do want to speak about is his, his link to the end times, like I said. So let me get into the first bit of information. I found an article, an article on the um, series Courier uh, by Frank Aquila talking about this i have a bunch of them but um basically he's posing the question you know is trump fulfilling the will of god you know why would that be a lot of people don't really like to talk about god or jesus or religion i don't think we're gonna you know make it about that per se but just the the connections you know so i'm gonna read this and for whoever is interested in knowing what this is about. So, throughout the Bible, it is noted that God chose various leaders and rulers to fulfill his prophecies. And prophecies have been foretold throughout our history uh, many times. God has chosen many imperfect men to be leaders, including Moses, who had a speech impediment and killed an Egyptian. Uh, David committed adultery and murder. Saul, who changed his name to Paul, was a murderer of Christians until his conversion. Uh, those three men alone wrote a significant part of the Bible. They wrote a part of it, um, apparently. So they would be important in the fact that they weren't perfect people and they were changed or transformed or they were used, I guess, still used by God to do his works. Um, are there signs that God had his hand involved in the selection of President Trump to fulfill prophecy in the Bible? Some have compared Trump to King Jehu in the Bible, calling him crazy. King Jehu was not part of the establishment and did things his own way. He exterminated the house of Ahab and the evil Queen Jezebel. Um, King Jehu was a disruptor and destroyed the evildoers of Baal. Um, Trump is also known as a disruptor who was not part of the Washington establishment. Nope. He has strength to fight off endless attacks, um, mainly financial and um, other people around him. Uh, while he is obviously less than perfect, yes, 
and only God knows his personal faith. Um, I think it's said that he is a Presbyterian. I think I said that right. Um, it is interesting to see some facts related to Trump and some prophetic signs. Let's get into it. <clears throat> like I said, you know, I don't, I'm not an avid reader of the Bible, but if anybody, you know, listens and they read the Bible or you're interested in, in that kind of stuff, uh, and then you go and you link this stuff, maybe this will make sense to you, or you can go tell, you know, somebody else or your friends or whatever, and, and see what you think. So in Luke 21, 25, uh, Jesus stated, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Joel 2, um, chapters 30 to 31 states, I will show wonders in the heaven and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and the awesome day of the Lord. Many have pointed to April 3rd, 33 AD, as the day that Jesus was crucified, which signs point to a partial eclipse of a blood moon where darkness came over the whole land. Um, and I guess the verse for that is Mark uh, 15, chapter 33. A blood moon is also noted in the book of Acts and also Revelations as a sign for the end time prophecies, which we are apparently currently in. Um, after Trump declared peace between um, uh, Israel and Palestine, that was a huge key event in the in the prophecy, I guess. So, yeah, you'd have to know about it, I guess. Um, while there are eclipses, there will only be eight lunar tetrads, full blood moons in this century with the next coming in 2032 and 33. So hopefully, you know, we can hope to be alive to see that because I think that would be some crazy shit. I want to see a full blood moon and see some prophecy fulfilled personally. Um, so God also uses numbers to signify his power, particularly 3, 7, 10, and 12. The number 7 signifies God's perfection and completeness. God uses the word created seven times in Genesis. The number 10 signifies God's law and completeness as in the Ten Commandments. The phrase God said is repeated 10 times throughout Genesis. So all this stuff lines up, as you can see. Um, are there, or is there, significance in both the rare tetrad, blood moon, and these numbers related to Trump? You be the judge. So, I guess uh, here is the following information for us, which we can um, read and kind of try and um, decide for ourselves. And I've already, I looked at this information, and I think, um, based upon what I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, there's no, you know, I think that this is um, obviously true. And one moment because as i said i'm at work so i'm gonna actually have to do some work stuff one second now so apologies here i am again as i was saying i was about to read the uh the facts and now i'm asking you the listeners to be the judge of what i'm reading and see if um these facts these um statements line up with um why trump uh claimed the presidency why he might claim it a second time if you agree with these things if you disagree 
you know, this is the, the beauty of it being a podcast and a debate. And I have, thankfully, people lined up soon to uh, be on here and start speaking with them about some things and to um, see what they think. And I think people who are probably are in disagreement with me um, on a couple topics. So that'll be interesting. Um, anyways, so as we said, Trump was born on June 14th, 1946, which was exactly 700 days later when Israel was reborn as a nation on May 14th, 1948. On Trump's first day in office, he was 70 years, seven months, and seven days old. Seven, seven, seven. You know, I, I, I'm a big, uh, I'm not a superstitious person, but I believe big time in numbers. So already, you know, when I was looking into this, I was like, okay, it's starting to pick my brain a little bit. Um, he was also inaugurated in the Hebrew year 5777. So, and beat Hillary Clinton by 77 electoral votes because seven electors defected. Yeah, this is um, numbers after numbers after numbers. Exactly seven months after Trump's first full day in office, there was a total solar eclipse over the U.S. continent, a path that was exclusively in the U.S. that has not happened since 1776, the year recognizing the U.S. Declaration of Independence. Uh, <laughs> you know, Trump's birthday is... June 14th, 1946, it says again, which occurred also on a blood moon in the midpoint of his first term, January 20th, 19, uh, oh, sorry, 2019. <clears throat> it was also on a blood moon. Interestingly, Forbes magazine ranked Trump the 777th richest person in the world. So I don't think that last fact um, really ties in, but uh, just the repeating seven and all these links between his birthday and uh, the day that he was inaugurated and, and certain things. I think it, it kind of, you could say a little bit, like this is not just coincidence, right? How does Trump relate to Israel, the land of God? So President Trump was elected on Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's seventh year, seventh month, and seventh day in office. 777 again. After 70 years since the nation of Israel was reborn, President Trump recognizes Jerusalem as the nation's capital, declaring an end to Jerusalem, uh, Jerusalem's 70 year exile, which Jeremiah 25, chapter 12 states When the 70 years are completed, that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans for their iniquities, says the Lord, and I will make it a perpetual desolution, uh, or desolation. Uh, Daniel 9, 12, uh, 2 states, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the number of the year specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. This signified that 70 years Israel was held captive by Babylon. You know, that's super, um, you know, sounds like I'm in a church reading from scripture. Sorry, didn't mean it to. But um, I just think that, you know, for, for people who are certainly believers of the biblical stuff, like, it um, it uh, it makes sense. In another article, the next one that I'm going to read, talks about his link to the um, Catholic evangelists in, uh, in the United States, I think. Oh, 
I don't want to, you know, make speculations, but I think the number was like, you know, 80% of his supporters are evangelists and they strongly support him despite who he is and what he's done and all, all the negative things about him. They believe in him no matter what because of these, these facts right here. Um, so Jesus also spoke of the temple in, in Jerusalem would be destroyed. Luke 19, chapter 44, which occurred in 70 AD by the Romans, the official fall of Jerusalem as the nation scattered until it was reborn in 1948, nearly 2,000 years later. Another fulfilled prophecy, which Jeremiah 16, chapter 15 states, for I will bring them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. Wow. <laughs> On Trump's 777th day since the 2016 election, Israel announced that they would dissolve parliament and hold elections seven months early. I can't imagine why. Interestingly, July 4th, 2020, Independence Day was uh, 1,335 days since Trump was elected president, which points to Daniel to, uh, 12, chapter 12. Blessed is he who waits and comes in to the 1,335 days. Um, wow. Which means, I mean, if you read that and then you think about how that links in, I think, yeah, man, I think Trump was the chosen person, you know, despite who he is, despite the, everything that he said, you know, when he's linked to biblical prophecy and the end times and, and certain things that are supposed to happen. I mean, look at our world right now. All right. People who don't think that um, there's a greater agenda or certain powers are at play or that, you know, there's a whole big religious aspect because certainly um, organizations like the Vatican, the right they control a large part of the world like and that's not news i think um these astronomical signs are beyond coincidences which can explain the fight in america between good and evil isaiah 5 chapter 20 states woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter President Trump is attacked daily by lies, deception, and evil. Darkness coming around him to attack him in every way possible. While some may think this is uh, all just coincidence, coincidences of a fairy tale, realize anyone reading the Bible over the past 2,000 years would have been skeptical since the nation of Israel did not exist until it was reborn in 1948. The agnostic before that time could have called the Bible a lie since Israel was mentioned 2,319 times from Genesis through Revelation non-existent so they mentioned it although it didn't actually exist yet <clears throat> today israel while a small country is a center of attention throughout the world god has often used the small to show his strength israel is recognized as the bible and the bible is god's land god is the ruler, ruler of the kingdom of men and has used those imperfect men to fulfill 90 percent of the eight um, of the 1817 prophecies already fulfilled in the bible um, that's many. <laughs> We're living in a time when 10% of the remaining prophecies are being fulfilled before our eyes. So, um, yeah, according to this, right, we're basically in the, we're in the end times. Like, it's the last couple, couple years before, um, shit's really supposed to get crazy around the world. And, um, I myself, uh, 
you know, I don't get too bugged out. I'm not really fearful of it. I'm just waiting to see what happens, to be honest. This is a, I just think it's crazy shit. I think being somebody who was um, raised in, in the religious, um, you know, Catholic faith, it makes sense to me. And uh, because I'm a person that's skeptical about the world, I question things. I mean, I, how could this not be true to me? We can believe the signs, the numbers, and the prophecies, or believe everything is a mere coincidence, and I do not. But the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 14, chapter 1. Everything is biblical. It all lines up to prophecy, the Bible. All right, next one. Let me go here. Let me read for you. An article by Newsweek.com saying that Trump will start the end of the world claiming evangelicals who support him. So this was during an event where he was uh, with Mike Pence, his vice president in uh, Roanoke, Virginia. He, uh, they were visiting the Bible Belt. So I'm going to read this. Evangelical Christians overwhelmingly support President Donald Trump because they believe he'll cause the world to end. Not that he'll cause the world to end, but that he's going to get the events, you know, rolling, um, which he has. <laughs> Many have questioned why devout evangelicals support Trump, a man who was bad about sexual assault, lies perpetuously, uh, perpetually, and once admitted he never asked God for forgiveness. Trump's lack of knowledge of the Bible is also well known. Um, <clears throat> probably as much as mine, you know, terrible. Nevertheless, many uh, evangelical Christians believe that Trump was chosen by God to usher in a new era, a part of history called the end times. Beliefs about this time period differ, um, but it is broadly considered the end of the world, the time when Jesus returns to earth and judges all people. Um, even saying that, I mean, you know, I believe that in my head, I believe that this shit is going to happen, you know. I'm not sure if that's the effect of the church um, being raised in the faith that does that to me or, you know, I, maybe I just can't believe anything else, but I, I believe that that's where we're at right now. We're in the end times and it's supposed to be a seven year period, right? So at the end of the seven years, um, something should, should happen inevitably. Uh, Jerusalem has a central role as the city of prophecy and a place where the end of time plays out. According to the prophecy, a thousand year period of peace must be followed by seven years of tribulation during which wars, disease, and natural disasters will lay waste to the earth. And um, people might forget, or maybe they remember, but I remember different articles I read during the summer where things were happening, where uh, in, in an African country, uh, some African countries, northern African countries, I think there was uh, swarms of locusts. Um, and then we had the fires burning in Australia, in the Amazon. Um, so just, you know, a couple of, of examples bunch of you know we're dealing with the disease now um so yeah it's uh i don't think it's coincidence again uh, in the book of revelation israel is, is described as a nation that exists during the time of tribulation in jerusalem's jewish temple is resurrected during this period the last temple was destroyed around 70 a.d and today there's a mosque on the temple mount where the previous two temples are believed to have stood uh, evangelicals believe that a unified Israel, with control over Jerusalem, will facilitate the construction of a new Jewish temple and set the groundwork for the end of times. 
that's where Trump comes in. Um, what kickstarts the end times into motion is Israel's political boundaries being reestablished to what God promised the Israelites according to the Bible. Nate Pyle, a pastor and author of a book about uh, Jesus told Newsweek. I'm sure he's got more to tell us. Um, so here it is. On December 6th, Trump officially recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, a controversial move that was lambasted by U.S. allies around the world. Um, the eastern part of Jerusalem has long been envisioned as the future capital of a Palestinian state if and when a two-state solution is reached between Israel and the Palestinians because they've been at war for quite some time. Well, they were. By recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, many critics say Trump killed any chance of a negotiated peace deal in the Middle East. But evangelical Christians threw their full weight behind the decision because it, it ties in with prophecy. It's supposed to happen, right? The end times. Currently, over half of all American evangelicals support Trump's presidency. And there's a lot of them. Like, it's not a small number of people. And the announcement about Jerusalem plays a big role in that. Many, uh, or so most evangelicals subscribe to a belief in pre-millennialism. Uh, pre I'm messing up a lot of words today. My bad. Pre-millennialism. Pre there we go. The belief that the second coming of Christ will begin a thousand-year period where Christ will rule over a peaceful and prosperous earth. Uh, Neil J. Young, a re religious historian, told Newsweek. Young, who holds a PhD in history from Columbia, Uni Columbia University, writes frequently on evangelical culture and politics. So I might have to look more into this. But, Anyways... Israel is a key part of the story, too, as Christians believe that events there are fundamental to bringing about the end times. Young continued, At this point, Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel is the only concrete thing that his evangelical supporters can point to as part of fulfilling biblical prophecy to bring about the second coming of Christ. Meanwhile, the evangelical belief in the end times also includes the eventual conversion to Christianity of the Jewish people. Wow. The scenario begins when Christ comes to earth to take the living Christians who believe in him to heaven and resurrect the dead who were true Christians, an event called the rapture. <clears throat> so I think I mentioned that word in the beginning, but people might have to look into that to kind of see in detail what that's about, because that's, that's uh, crazy. You know, and the parts that I have read about um, the rapture and the Bible and, you know, the short times that I've read it. Um, it's not supposed to be a, a great time for the people who never believed in Christ, right? Afterward, it is believed that the Antichrist will reign on earth during the seven-year period of tribulation, which we're going through now, apparently. And the Antichrist is supposed to be, uh, yeah, you guessed it, Bill Gates. Um according to other conspiracy information and, and all that kind of stuff. But or people who, you know, if people agree, people that agree with this stuff, the fact that I mentioned his name should be no surprise. And um, people who are linking the religious ties to the political stuff, you know, it should make sense, I think. So in this period, many Jews will recognize that Antichrist is a false god and will turn to Jesus. At the end of the seven years, 
Christ will return to Earth with an army of angels and defeat the Antichrist, Young told Newsweek. Um, for some, evangelicals simultaneously hold views that are supportive of Israel and deeply anti-Semitic. And that's stuff that we got to be careful with and kind of, you know, stay away from because if you remember, Nick Cannon on his podcast started saying some stuff about uh, anti-Semitism and uh, we're not going to repeat what he said, but he got, he got tore down pretty quick and shit happened to him. So, yeah. Evangelicals view themselves as sympathetic to Israel, but the underlying belief is motivated by a desire to see the Jewish people turn to Jesus. Uh, Blake Chastain, a former evangelical who hosts podcast a podcast on evangelicalism, told Newsweek. Chastain, who grew up in an evangelical family, dedicates his time to explaining what he calls the subculture of evangelicalism. He said that the evangelical belief that Jews will eventually accept Jesus is problematic. Uh, he says, I'm not sure evangelicals see that as offensive to the Jewish faith or dismissive of the covenants God made with the Jewish people, but it certainly seems so to me. So, they're apparently, I mean, they should be offended by the fact that Christians are, first of all, assuming that they don't, you know, follow Jesus or worship Jesus, I guess, and, um, that this needs to happen. Anyways, uh, to be sure, Trump's stance on Jerusalem Jerusalem isn't the only reason evangelicals support him. During his campaign for president, Trump pr promised to protect religious liberties and elect anti-choice Supreme Court judges. He was so specific about protecting Christian liberties, it wasn't holistically religious liberties. I'll explain this, that spoke to a lot of Christians, and then he also has his stance on Israel. Meanwhile, Young says that Trump's unlikely election victory also creates the impression that Trump's victory was ordained by God. Um, for his evangelical supporters, there's a sense that Trump's unlikely election to the presidency proves that he has been chosen by God. Young told Newsweek, he shouldn't have won the election, so the thinking goes, so the fact that he did and the victory came only via the electoral college, no less, just demonstrates that only God can make it happen. Possibly. Another interesting one here, I think. Probably the last one, because I don't want to plug out with too much, but this is just interesting. You know, I think I put out the the idea there now, and um, people can decide for themselves what this is, if there's um, any relevance to this, if it's important, if you think that it's a uh, true, a bunch of bullshit, you know? This is a this is a read talking about the terrifying alliance between end times Christian Zionists and Donald Trump. This far right Christian organization wants to use foreign policy to pursue the end times 
and it has an ally in Trump. So, apparently, so I'm going to read here a little bit. On September 13th, Evangelical Pastor John Hagee stood before San Antonio's Cornerstone Church with seats 5,400 people and is televised to millions more and told congregants how to vote on November 3rd. In the forthcoming presidential election, let every Bible-believing Christian go vote the Bible, he said, to the cheering and applause of a tightly packed crowd of maskless worshippers. Um, wow. So if uh, you didn't understand what he meant, what he said by that, he's basically telling the people that believe in the prophecy of the Bible to go and vote the way that they believe things are going to go so uh, they should go and vote for Trump, right? For every Bible-believing Christian, go vote the Bible. That's pretty plain and simple. Um, on October 4th, news broke that Hagee had been diagnosed with COVID-19. He continued, take America back from the god of socialism that now threatens the very survival of this nation. So, yeah, they actually really, really believe this stuff. And when I said that I think it's almost, you know, inevitable Donald's going to be reelected. This is why. Because of these things, because of their religious ties, because of what the evangelicals want, um, and because of the prophecies. Um, Hagee was referring to President Donald Trump in all but name, a significant endorsement from someone whose sphere of influence extends far beyond his megachurch and its related school system. Hagee is the founder of Christians United for Israel an organization that claims 9 million members, a number that may or may not be inflated and may be more influential with the right than the well-known American Israel Public Affairs Committee. Uh, so Sufi, we're going to call them, C-U-F-I, has a tremendous reach among U.S. churches and uh, exerts profound sway over the white evangelical Christian base that turned out en masse for Trump in 2016. Um... If you don't know what that means, it means like they came out in numbers for Trump. Um, Christian Zionism, the political ideology that animates the organization, is premised on an end times prophecy, which Sufi translates into a bloody confrontational foreign policy that has made stunning strides over the past four years, since 2016. And this ideology is being used to mobilize a large base ahead of a crucial election. Um, weeks away now. In mid-October, the organization will be showing its new documentary, Never Again, in 800 theaters. So that's like right now. <laughs> in addition to churches across the country, a move that critics say is likely aimed, to, at least in part, at encouraging U.S. churchgoers to support Trump. So they're doing everything that they can. Um, <clears throat> you know, once you get churchgoers and people who are, uh, uh, what's the word? just really huge believers of the Bible, right? They study and they practice every day. Um, they, I mean, it's, you know, you can't get them to really uh, believe anything different, right? If it, these guys want them to go vote for Trump, that's what's going to happen. You know, encouraging them. They don't really need a movie. They can just say, God wants you to vote for Trump. And they can go and they read in the Bible and they see the things linking up and the numbers and all that kind of stuff. And, um... Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs>
As Hagee and other Christian Zionists have used their purchase to mobilize support for Trump, the president has showered them with policy wins from the moving of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem to violent belligerence towards Iran. So they're helping each other. I think, you know, in my mind before when I was kind of thinking about this and questioning it, I would, I was um, wondering if Donald would be aware, you know, if he knows what he's doing or if he's just finally um, acting out what's happening or just doing whatever he's doing and, and his actions are um, just playing out his prophecy or whatever. But I think he's uh, he's a knowing participant in, in the uh, in the events. Uh, during an intense election season that has been appended by news of Trump's COVID-19 diagnosis, it is impossible to fully grasp the contours of the 2020 contest or the global role of the United States under Trump without understanding this powerful political force. What's underreported is the massive size of the Christian Zionist voting bloc and how much Trump is relying on it as a prospect to retake the White House. So this is important, says Stephanie Fox, the executive director of Jewish Voice for Peace Action. Um, a national organization that opposes the Israeli occupation that has been the reason and rationale for Trump's very prominent anti-Palestinian agenda from day one. So uh, basically they're hand in hand with each other to bring about one result. Um, Jonathan Brenneman, a Palestinian American organizer with Friends of Sabil North America, a Christian organization that advocates for the rights of Palestinians, tells in these times, after Trump was elected, Christian Zionism might be the main framework the majority of Americans think of Palestine with. Christian Zionism is in the air we breathe. So this is dangerous. Um, what is Christian Zionism? The modern political ideology of Christian Zionism is, in most cases, premised on the prophecy that the migration of Jews to Israel is a necessary prerequisite for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Um, upon the rapture, holy bloody war, Jews will either convert to Christianity or go to hell, according to this belief system. Um, so, <laughs> right, when I say that, you know, I'm waiting to see how this happens, what plays out after the seven years, like, is there going to be a real war? Um, and, you know, me... Like, this isn't, I'm not just pulling this stuff out, obviously, right? The fact that I've just put this out there, you know, if it interests anyone, if it is interesting, anybody can go and find the information. They can go look it up and decide if what you're reading is uh, fact-based, if it's real, fake, um, you know, and just decide for yourself. I think I've decided, and I am not a supporter, right? I don't think that, um, I think this is right, Right, I think it's. I don't think I even. And you know, my opinion certainly doesn't matter whether whether I think it's right or wrong. You know, you know I don't support it, but I think um, that it's wise to be uh, knowledgeable about it. And I believe when I read that this is what's happening. That this is, you know, a big influence on the presidency right now on on the world. And that they have a certain agenda that's that's happening. I mean, yeah, I believe that stuff. Like, let's see. Um, so, according to the belief system, right? Upon the rapture, Jews will either convert to Christianity or go to hell, um, which is mostly close, uh, most closely associated with 
evangelical, charismatic, or Pentecostal strains of Christianity. In a February 2018 sermon, Hagee put it this way, God has set a time to do everything, and Israel is God's prophetic clock for doing it. Recognize this fact, that God's clock only moves when the Jewish people are in the land of Israel, and when they are in the land, the clock starts ticking. God damn. <laughs> I'm going to let people decide what they want about that. In practice, this political ideology is exercised through Sufi has meant unbridled support for Israel as a Jewish state, alignment with the most far-right political forces in Israeli society and backing of the ethnic cleansing and killing of Palestinians. Shit. While strains of Christian Zionism vary, Hagee holds that the rapture will be preceded by a cataclysmic war, a belief that makes him enthusiastic about conflict and confrontation with Palestinians, as well as with Iran and its allies. Um... This shit is fucked up. <laughs> and the reason that I said that it's not really for me to have an opinion about whether it's right or wrong or whether I support it is because um, people who are more powerful are making the decisions, right? And um, I think it's like a, a factor of shit's going to happen. You just have to prepare for for it the best way that you can. Um, in 2005, Heggie declared that it is time for America to embrace the words of Senator Joseph Lieberman and consider a military preemptive strike against Iran to prevent a nuclear holocaust in Israel and a nuclear attack in America. Huh. The anti-Palestinian, anti-Semitic, and anti-Muslim ethos embedded in the Christian Zionism of groups like Sufi is well documented. It applies biblical prophecy to a modern nation-state and transforms a 70-year struggle for political and human rights into a mythic a historical world-ending religious conflict, says uh, says JVP Ashens Fox. That's super dehumanizing to Palestinians, Muslims, and Jews, but it's also extremely dangerous when you're using the tools of statecraft to basically pursue the end of the world. Um, that's what's happening, right? That's what they're trying to do, right? Let's read it again. That's super dehumanizing, obviously, to... Palestinians, Muslims, and Jews, but then everybody, right? Because if they're trying to go after these people, what about everybody else in the world, right? Like, certainly not everyone um, that doesn't belong to these groups is Christian or recognizes Christ or God. You know, there's a lot of atheists or agnostic people around what's going to happen to them. Um, you know, and then saying that when you're using the tools of statecraft, politics, to basically pursue the end of the world, I mean, we're in trouble. <laughs> This ideology is often dressed up as philo-semitism or extreme love of Jews. God. Um, Elaine Carr, the State Department's special envoy for monitoring and combating anti-Semitism, boasted at an event in Tel Aviv in 2019 that the United States is still the most philo-Semitic country in world history. But critics note that lurking beneath this supposed adoration is a profound Instrument, instrumentalization of Jews. Uh, Christian Zionists essentially think all Jewish people are caricatures of the ancient Israelites, a caricature they associate in turn with the modern, modern state of Israel, and that the loyalty of all Jews is or should be to Israel, says uh, Ben Lorber, a research analyst for Political Research Associates, a social justice think tank. If you know what a think tank is, um, 
yeah, that should rattle your brain a little bit. This is crazy shit that I'm reading, you know. For anybody, if you ever studied, you know, Zionism or, or religion, I mean, this is where the shit gets crazy. You know, tied in with this, this there is a palpable sense in which they despise Jews in this diaspora, especially liberal Jews. I mean, god damn. <laughs> I might have to pause because it seems like work duty calls again, perhaps. Let's check it out. Put my mask on because we know what time it is. happening so then when events are you know going on in life people aren't like oh shit like what is this and people aren't taken by surprise right um so anyways it says Hagee has caught criticism for some of his overtly anti-semitic uh messages well of course he should <laughs> would right in a late 1990s sermon he argued that hitler had enacted god's will by expelling jews from europe and forcing them to israel then God sent a hunter, he preached, a hunter is someone with a gun and he forces you. Hitler was a hunter. I mean, holy shit. Hagi has maintained that the speech was mischaracterized and taken out of context, but he delivered it again sometime between September 24th, 2005 and January 1st, 2006, according to a Huffington uh, Post. Interesting. Here I am speaking about how well it's going, and then some vehicles roll in, and I have to go do my thing. Anyways, let me try and finish this, wrap this up real quick. Um, so, meanwhile, a similar message is echoed throughout his other work in a 2006 book, Jerusalem Countdown. So, I mean, everything about this guy is talking about this rapture, this holy war, the things that are supposed to happen. Hagee said Jews bear the blame for anti-Semitism because of an old curse on the ancient Hebrews resulting from idol worship. My God. I mean, you can't say these things um, and not be criticized, right? People who believe this. And then a show of profound disrespect to the West Africans hit harder by the, uh, hardest by the Ebola crisis. Hagee said in 2014 that the disease was an example of God punishing former President Barack Obama for dividing Jerusalem. So really... Um, when I said before, you know, what what about everybody else? What about people who aren't Jewish or Muslim or whatever? <clears throat> I mean, um, I think that uh, I think that the rest of us aren't really of any importance, right? And all right, um, 
Rizala, I think I'm saying his name right, an organizer with American Muslims for Palestine, a group that has participated in interfaith efforts to mobilize against Sufi, told in these times, it is important to also pay attention to the anti-Muslim racism built uh, into the organization's teachings. They use this counter-terrorism nar narrative. He says it's this idea that there is a Islam, that there is this Islamic heathen, that we have have to protect Israel from the Islamic world, that Israel is a beacon of light in a region of darkness. He heard that kind of racist language a lot, and I think you do. So just uh, pretty um, terrible stuff. <laughs> While Sufi isn't the only Christian Zionist organization, it is the most powerful, and it appears to exert considerable influence over a base that is already highly favorable to its goals. A LifeWay research poll conducted in December, uh, September 2017 found that 80% of evangelicals believe that the establishment of the modern state of Israel in 1948 and migration of Jews there were fulfillments of Bible prophecy that show we are getting closer to the return of Jesus Christ. Yeah, this shit is crazy. Sufi, however, has its critics among progressive Christians who argue that the organization is not a natural outgrowth of Christianity, but a cynical political project that is using Christianity to justify a belligerent and violent um, foreign policy. U.S. Empire has also tried to use Christianity to justify its horror, settler colonialism. Colonialism, says Rochelle Watson, organizer with, organizer with FOSNA. You can see a modern-day version of that with uh, Sufi. Okay, my goodness, hopefully I can finish this now. So as I was saying, the U.S. Empire has always tried to use Christianity to justify its horrific settler colonialism, says Rochelle Watson, organizer or organizer with FOSNA. You can see a modern-day version of that with Sufi. Yes, this is about the right and Trump and a shared political project, but it's also part of such a long continuation. So they've been trying to do this for a long time. Um, and I think that right now they actually believe that with Trump they have the best chance of making sure that all, that all this happens. It's crazy, crazy, crazy stuff, right? Um, just trying to see if there's anything more that's really like worth reading because I think I've I've put in the idea now, right? What I wanted to talk about and just trying to link and to set the stage for that idea is Trump um, connected to biblical prophecy is that why he was elected and I mean you know after reading this one I think certainly um, I would say that he's a known participant he knows what's happening he knows the people that are supporting him and despite who he is despite what he might say about black people or women or this and that I mean he knows um, who his main supporters are he knows the evangelicals are going to support him no matter what because at the end of the day right like they're they're they truly believe that they're living out biblical prophecy so when I ask questions like you know what do people think or is it of interest to anybody or you know do people agree do they disagree do they agree to disagree do they just not care I mean 
these are questions that are going to become important as we continue forward through this time right we're in the um age of aquarius right now i think right um all this stuff is important um i think for people who are trying to just live their everyday lives and just get by and and do whatever you know that's uh I think that's necessary because stuff like this, and you know, I mean, I read stuff like this and I think a lot of people are not ready for um, what the um, repercussions of, of this actually playing out would be, you know, seeing this illustrated, um, how much of an effect it would have on people, you know, with how much of an effect coronavirus has had on people and, um, you know, me myself thinking that everything is linked up we're all you know drawn in together for um more massive agenda pieces uh you know we all thought that it was uh or i and the other conspiracy theorists that i speak with all thought that you know it was about one world government and and world domination and control and all depopulation but um maybe it's all just a a religious war right we're just living out religious prophecy and um it remains to be seen um aside from that though you know i want to end the show on a good note i hope that people are doing well started with a snowy day and uh, lo and behold the snow melted and everything's gone and now it's just wet mud and shit out here but um hopefully we have a a good um couple days of sun left in the month and that everybody's ready to brace winter and that you got people to handle it with and um that we can have a good end to the year um that people do focus on the positive stuff that they don't focus on the negative and that um, people are watching what they take in in terms of material and um paying attention to their mentals and if you are a um medicinal user you know using your medicine and just living your life being easy peaceful and yeah i hope everybody has a good wednesday um hump day actually as it is only two days left in the week and then it's the weekend hopefully everybody's got super cool weekend plans but um yeah i'm martian ufo this was floating in space with all my many pauses and uh, retractions and whatnot but you know, still moving, still still getting out the episode. So thank you for supporting and take care.